everybody. It is a beautiful Friday. As you can tell, we didn't post on Wednesday, but it's Thanksgiving in America, so we had to celebrate it. Uh, today, we're going to go over a couple of things. We got Bram talking about some fan experiences with Ajax. We're going to talk about the Champions League. We got Man United playing this week. We got Ajax playing this week. And we got tons of playoff drama with the MLS. It's going to be such a great time. So sit back, relax, and listen up. How's that? Is that good? Yeah, it was good, man. Are you going to edit this part out while you ask for feedback? No, yeah, I'm yeah, keeping that's... it in. <laughs> it. We're about to tell you how terrible it is, so you might want to edit some. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny, you literally... <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Bram, I love you so much, man. I feel so bad for calling you that. Even though you literally called me nothing but English for the Dude, past month. Dude, literally, when Bram first moved here, we would oh, all say nice. stuff like, yeah, whatever, man. You're from, like, Belgium or something, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's true. We... Yeah. Like we always go to the games. Okay. We didn't yeah, do some. We go to the Galaxy <laughs> games. We'd be like, "Yep, this is Bram. He's from uh, Germany." Oh my Germany god! Or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> it's so fine. Bad. It's okay. He's secret. You do. It sounds like you're about to cry. Like honestly. <laughs> no, I. I have to like. I am keeping composed with saying really mean things about the United States that like will probably like. <laughs> we probably agree with you, bud. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. But for the for listeners' sake, we'll 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 do that. <laughs> anyway, so Bram, uh, we're gonna start with you. We've we for everyone just listening, we we did a, an interview with Corey. Um, it's part of our. We're doing a weekly kind of like a, a football fan podcast. Where we just like to get a different perspective from a different oh. fan who's from another part of the globe. Um, <laughs> me and Chris did ours last week. Uh, Corey, we just recorded his, and we want Bram to be on. On this one as well. So, Bram, talk to us, man. Obviously, you're from the Netherlands. You grew up in Amsterdam. You were a big Ajax fan. Uh, talk to us about the first time that you went to the Johan Cruyff Arena. Uh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, um, so I, yeah, I was born in Amsterdam. My dad was born and raised in Amsterdam. Uh, I actually grew up, uh, spent most of my childhood in a city about 40 minutes south of Amsterdam. Um, and I think ever since, so in the Netherlands, you have this thing, it's like a, a cultural thing where basically every boy wants to play soccer. However, parents do this thing where it's like, you can play soccer as soon as you're able to swim. So, <laughs> so <laughs> really? what they do, it's like all these, like these four or five year old kids learn how to swim simply because they want to be able to play soccer. So yeah, I started playing soccer when Is I was... Is that a big problem over there, Bram? No, well, we're, playing like, soccer? I think, like, 70% of our country is below sea level. So oh, I think oh, they want, like, yeah, everyone to be able to swim. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think I started playing soccer when I was about, like, five or six. Um, and... Um, Around that same time, I started going to games, to Ajax games with my dad. Uh, my dad has had a, a season pass to Ajax for as long as I can remember. Um, so that's basically when that kind of started, like a lot of European, like a lot of boys in Europe have, where they start going to soccer games with their dads. And I would go to the, the every home game because we had season tickets for the home games. Um, and then... Uh, whenever they would play like European games, it kind of depended on like, if it was possible, my dad would try to get tickets for those as well. So I've been going to Ajax games for, uh, of course, when I'm home, because I'm obviously not in the Netherlands and 
either way they don't allow fans right now but like when i'm home i try to go to as many home games as i can what, so. what was your first game do you remember it could you do you remember no idea i think it was like yeah it was five or six um yeah fair. I, I i don't know was the atmosphere yeah. intimidating as a kid do you at least remember that uh no it wasn't intimidating at all but that's because it's all like dads and, and sons um and the thing like the going to games in europe like you're not obviously the only one with the season pass like mm. the stance that we were in was basically only people with season passes so like you would run into the same people every two weeks yeah. in your life you, you start so, to make friends with them don't you yeah i mean yeah, whenever yeah. i go to an ix games now like the first five minutes of my game once i get to my stance is just shaking hands with everyone how's it going good to see you yeah uh, you you get at some point like you you have all these characters in the stands we always yeah. had uh um so the dutch word for for uncle is om so we had oma young and oma young was two rows behind us and oma young did this thing where no matter what happened he would just fucking like try to beat every ix player into the ground like every single game he would never say one positive thing about any any player at ix he's, he's really famous bram isn't he like across europe i know i, he, I, I know really? he, yeah, yeah, John is also a very very popular name in the netherlands so <laughs> i don't know if we're talking really? about the same guy i know i think i think no i don't know why i remember watching like a maybe a documentary on youtube about about famous football fans in Europe. So obviously mm-hmm. you've got the um, big one for Ajax, you've got a few in, the, in England, and then there's a guy in, in for Bayern Munich who is like very famous amongst their fan base. But it's true, and I think that, you know, it's interesting you say that for, for us in England, that whenever it comes to the season ticket holders that go to every game, I, I don't think it's as friendly, I don't know what you think, but I don't think it's as friendly here as, it, as I would think it is in the Netherlands or Germany. Pro- arguably because there's a lot of the tickets in England move around, but I also think that's cheaper. And I act in, in, in like the Netherlands or Germany, because, you know, we've talked about before season ticket hold season ticket over here is around 400 pounds. It's like $500 just per season. Whereas I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Netherlands. My dad has always refused to tell me how much he plays for season tickets, really? but I'm pretty sure they're about 600 each. Oh, maybe, but well, maybe, maybe it's but where we I'm have very, it's like we really have a very good location. Like he has a very oh, good location. Dude, yeah. Yeah. Like, location on, on the pitch. Like yeah. we're basically dead center. So it's dead center on the pitch for 600, that, for 600 euros. That's great. That's yeah. So good. I don't, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, <laughs> that's also because he's a shareholder. Like he bought, oh, he? like those seat, those seats are his. So yeah. even if we don't purchase season tickets, like they're always that those are his seats. So if he want if he wants to not get season tickets for like ten years and then get them again, then he'll get those seats. Mm. Um, I don't know. It's just Ajax technically is like on the stock market, which is why you can buy shares in them. Mm-hmm. And you can buy yeah. shares in the name of seats. So he bought two shares of Ajax, which are his seats. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you say that your seats move around a lot? What did you mean by that? Chris? Chris? Oh, me? Sorry. Yeah. Did, oh, you said Bram. Oh, I thought said Bram. No, 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 no. You said Chris. I definitely said Chris. I would say Chris. Said Sorry, Chris. Dude. Sorry, yeah. bro. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm still yeah. here. Don't worry, guys. Um, <laughs> in the sense that, you know, you, you get a lot of people. There's, there's nothing wrong with this, my understanding, but you get a lot of people who will 
offer their ticket out for a game that they don't want to go and see. Oh, because right. Like, yeah. like with Old Trafford, um, Old Trafford's not, like I I don't know what this is like for for you guys or for the Johan Cruyff Arena, but Old Trafford it's not the most residential area. So you've got stadiums in England that are very residential, where if you're local, you have a season ticket, but you don't go to every game because you know sometimes you're just home from work or something like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas because of because of Old Trafford, it's slightly further out of the stadium, but you know you have to travel here to get here. And I know people who have season tickets in Liverpool. So if if we're playing, um, for example, Cambridge United was a game I went to a few years ago, and we're playing them at eight, at seven thirty. 7.45 on a Wednesday night and it's pissing down with rain or it's snowing. A season ticket holders probably not want to go gonna travel from Liverpool to go and see that game, is he? Or yeah. you know, the the um the universities, both universities get a lot of get a lot of tickets for those types of games as well. So it's not always the consistent same people that you run into. You recognise faces for the for the majority of the Premier League games, but you know, sometimes they would say, oh, to your friend here, do you want to go and sit in my seat this, this week instead? Yeah, yeah that's, that, that's, that's pretty cool. And, and, and I get that because we, I guess like, we have like a setup here with, with like, at least with the Galaxy, where mm-hmm. the seats can jump around a lot. <clears throat> and the cool thing yeah. is, is that a lot of fans could buy their tickets. I mean, Bram and probably Corey have both seen me do it last minute where I'm just like, let's wait till the day of to yeah, buy the yeah, ticket. Yeah, thanks for doing that, by the way. Yeah. Because we you save like half you you'll spend half the amount that you would a normal ticket, you know. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, even like what's really cool too is is a Galaxy fans that know they won't sell their ticket for a boring game, they'll just give them away. So it's like yeah. for like one of the first times me that I went to a Galaxy game was with Corey, and it was it was for a uh, a Concacaf Champions League game, and we sat with Angel City Brigade and didn't sp- spend a cent on the ticket. Because the dude was just yeah. like, oh, yeah, here's your ticket. Go for it. You know? So once you get in that Facebook and, like, that group, it's super easy just to get tickets anywhere in the stadium. Like, for a lot of the time, for free. You but, know? So do, yeah. but do you think that, like... So this is the thing, that I think that community atmosphere is very, I don't know, easier to do for... for we've obviously spoken about it before, Johnny, but it's probably easier to do for an American club mm-hmm. than it would be over here. Yeah, but I, I think Bram, Bram, for like for Ajax, because obviously I, I, I don't know what I don't know what the percentage would be, but for the population of I for of the Netherlands, I've always imagined that it was thirty five percent support Ajax, twenty five percent support support um uh PSV. Fine order PSV, yeah. P PSV and the other forty percent support anybody else. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that community atmosphere that I'm trying to like, I imagine Ajax being as a club, is that the case? Like, you know, or is it because uh, it, Ajax is so big and so well supported that it can't right. really... It depends. Um, I think a big chunk of seats are season pass holders, which is mm-hmm. obviously how you get the community atmosphere. Yeah. Because um, the day, day guests don't bring that atmosphere, like tourists who happen to be in Amsterdam on a game day. They're, they're not going to be the ones that, you know, are going to be bringing the, the warmth that, you know. A do you, do you get many tourists come and watch? Yeah, I never see them, though, because they're always, like, up up way high, you know, getting, yeah. like, the cheapest tickets, obviously. Because um, I if I were a tourist, I would want to spend, like, $300 on a ticket. Yeah, that's so, true. Um, so, yeah, I think we do we do get a lot of tourists, um, but they're they're mostly, like, up, up, up high. Um 
the big like I, I noticed the community in like my stand specifically, um, but I'm sure it's in most of the stadium. For example, the F side, like the supporter section of Ajax, they have a 15 year waiting list, <laughs> basically to get like season tickets. So if you, you know, if you wanna, like a lot of people who are in the F side right now and have kids sign them up from birth. That's so nuts. by the time they're like 15, 16, they can join the F side. Holy crap. Real um, quick, is Chris oh, there? Because he's, he's, he's frozen. Yeah, he just sent a, send a, an, an Instagram that his battery died. Look at him. This Re is a good <laughs> shot of him, though. He's like, he's. We were talking, Bram was saying that to get on the F side, a wait list, a lot of people will put their kids on the wait list at birth, which is insane. So, my question That's is. so cool. So, like, what if I want to go sit? Which, you know, what if, what if like, a, a person was like, I want to give F side a try? How would they go about that? You can't. Yeah, I don't think you could, man. <laughs> Fuck, I all mean, right. You, you, you yeah. can if someone, like, offers up their spot for you. But, like, you have to be in. Oh, like, yeah. People people need to, like, because you have the occasional tourist in the F site, but they're never, like, they're kind of pushed to the side. Like, they're, they're not sitting where, like, the actual supporters are sitting. Yeah. Um, and like I said, yeah. like, people are ready to, like, kick you out of the supporter section if you don't participate. That's fucking how, how, how old is the F side? I think it started in the 70s. Donnie, say? that's what you're like. That's what you guys are like aspiring to, isn't it? That is us. That is like, yeah, like the, you know, one day. I would say American <laughs> soccer as a whole, yeah. Um, I would say Riot Squad, maybe not. I, I, Riot Squad's pretty chill. 76. Um, 76, man, that's so good. But again, yeah. Like, and then we had, uh, sorry, we had the other. Uh, we had 410, which was another area, a uh, section 410, which was up. So you had the F side as it has always been on the north part of the stadium, mm -hmm. basically the entire north part. And then you had 410, which was on the opposite side of the stadium up on the second ring. Then they moved that to the top left above the, the F side. So it was in south 410. Mm -hmm. They moved it to north up right by the, by the F side. And then Two years ago, they combined both on the F side to the point where you now have basically the entire north side, the bottom, and in European games, the top as well is all F side. Um, so you get like uh, like ten thousand supporters that are like hardcore. Yeah, that's amazing. It's really cool. But you know, I I remember watching a game. I can't. I think it was in Champions League. And my and tell me, I, I'm really curious to tell to know the story about this, but I don't know if Johnny, if you know, um, why Bob Marley after halftime three little birds every three, time. why three little birds every why time. I don't but know. I love it and I don't understand it. Dude, I try to get them to do that at the every Galaxy games. Time. I try to get them to really? do that because Bram told me, and I was like, "That's awesome, dude!" And it's easy, but no, mm. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I think every team needs yeah. something like that. That's freaking don't awesome. Worry yeah uh, you know but um so brand it's you... just a good song regardless it's a doing great well song or, yeah or if but you're doing what... bad the, the unreal thing is that you like the ix fans sing it for like what i would say that the one the game that i'm thinking about it was through until like the 55th minute nothing well, happened sure, in the game, yeah. but it was like <laughs> yeah. 10 minutes straight of just don't worry yeah. about a thing it was incredible yeah, before the game so there's this there's this song and johnny knows the song because i showed him um 
which uh, it's called Blutsfeit and Trane, which is blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. And it's right before every game they play, and it's by this singer called Andre Hases, who is a legend in Amsterdam. Um, has been, was an alcoholic entire life, super, <laughs> was from a super poor family, died like being in like 50, when he was 56 years old, never got old. Um, basically singing about like, um, how the song is about like how he um basically his life of blood sweat and tears like how he got through like hardship and it's basically this song that like ix fans have embraced so before yeah. every game the entire stand like they'll play the song and like everyone's singing it it's really cool that's so cool yeah I, love that. <laughs> it's a good I, part. I was actually like, this is something that i would really be keen um for us to do one time and I'd be like, if anybody wants to get in touch that's listening, I've always been really interested around um, songs that remind song, songs that aren't football or soccer songs, but they remind you of a time or a club or a moment. So like, the perfect one, in my opinion, is um, uh, Waving Flag by Canaan for the yeah. 20, for the 2010 oh, yeah. World Cup. Mm-hmm. That is like, because I think I was like 15, it was like my my, it was my second World Cup, but the first one I was like, I was properly like football fandom. And like Three Little Birds, for some reason, will always remind me. And I actually think it'd be good to move on to this sort of topic. And I know, Bram, you're always loving to talk about it. But the game I was talking about that I heard it was the second leg of the Champions League semi final in 2019. And I know, I, I know we probably, it's not the, the best memory, but that, that I, wanna, I want you to talk to me, talk to us about, and I want to hear your story about the the run and you know your your highlights what it was like what the feelings the thoughts you know so feel free yeah. to to just talk man i'm I, i'm i'm excited uh, for this moment <laughs> well i i was living in well i'm still still am so i moved to the united states in 2017 so from that moment on, like I caught the occasional Ajax game in person by just visiting the Netherlands. Um, but during that entire run, I was in the United States. And something that really, really sucks is the nine hour time difference between mm-hmm. the Netherlands and the United States. And obviously Champions League games are around nine o'clock on weekdays. So every single game would be during one of my lectures. Um, oh God, yeah, so, <laughs> so I remember, um, having one of my lectures where and this is the real madrid game so the away real madrid game oh yeah having having one of my lectures um and you know secretly i it was like assigned seating so i was right at the front like the professor was like right in front of me so i had the game on and uh he was like okay all laptops have to be away and then like i got a notification that like i scored I was like, oh, shit. So, like, I was, like, secretly trying to watch it. And then, like, they scored again. And then he was like, all right, why don't you just go outside for, like, just just go, just leave for a little bit. Like, come back when you can't. I was like, oh, man, sure, I'll, I'll leave. I'll, I'll go. And <laughs> like, yeah. I remember watching the game and, like, constantly. Yeah, it was a constant, like, one did, did, did he Did he know like, that you were watching the game? 
Did the lecturer no, knew? No, no, absolutely. Okay. Well, he he knew I was I was looking at my screen instead of at him, so he was assuming that I was probably doing something non-school related. Yeah. You can't tell Americans that you're watching a, a Champions League game. No. Like, why is why is that <laughs> yeah. important? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you have to explain. Well, it's like the Super Bowl, but it's like the Super Bowl as if. Like a team that hasn't won in like 50 years plays the team that wins almost every single yeah. Super Bowl. And then right now, like we're like in the fourth quarter and the team that almost never wins is like up with like three score. Is It's like a three score yeah. game is with how much they're up right now. And that's how insane it is. And people are like, oh, wow, that's that's very interesting. It's like, no, you don't get it. Like, there's just a whole... Yeah, well, I think, I think yeah. that, that comes with, like, the, the core of trying to explain why it's such an amazing sport to people here. Like, the idea that we were just talking about before of promotion relegation and different leagues and all that shit. It's just people don't understand it here. Um, but what I wanted to tell you was that, like, during that time, you should have pulled the it's my culture card. He would have been like, oh, go watch, <laughs> yeah. go watch. Yeah. This is my culture. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm European. My heritage. This is my life. This is my oh team. My and then he goes, you put up yeah. the accent a little bit. He'd be like, yeah. oh. Let's <laughs> go full Dutch. Yeah, just go full this, Dutch. This is possible. my team. This yeah. is this <laughs> Ajax. And then, and this, then is when, Ajax. This, is, Amsterdam. this is This is Amsterdam. <laughs> this is mine. And when he says no, say, you're saying yes? Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, Bram. Yeah, he'll just say, say, he'll say, say no, and it's just yes. Yeah. No. Yes. Okay, I go. <laughs> okay, I go now. Bye. Yeah, um, you have to say nay. Nay. Sorry, just my favorite. Uh, my favorite Dutch word. It's not nay nay. Nay nay. What's that? That's like a. <laughs> <laughs> no 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 no. <laughs> Gosh. Oh my god. So I remember skipping school for the Tottenham game, which. I regret doing <laughs> this is the second leg of the first the leg. second leg of the Tottenham game. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And I watched it at home with um, one of my roommates at the time who never watched soccer, which was also terrible because it's fine if you watch it with someone who never watched soccer and doesn't care or doesn't understand any of the, like the ideas behind Ajax making it into the semifinal of the champions league. Um, and it's fine as long as they're winning. But when they start losing, it's oh, terrible to have yeah. to watch a game with someone who does not understand yeah. the, the implications of what is happening. Especially I feel like everybody can relate to that. Especially yeah. like because I like playful banter as much as the next person. But like it's again, kinda of like what Bram's saying. It's like it's different. Like if the men's national team like I remember I watched the I watched the World Cup twenty fourteen men's national team versus Belgium with someone who doesn't watch soccer. And when we were losing, they're like Hey, it's all good, bud. There's always next oh, year. Oh no! There's no, always next no, year. No. No, no, no. <laughs> always next year in four years. And I'm sitting. My <laughs> eyes are just all red, and I have like a flag on my back, and I'm just like, Oh god, I couldn't. You know, god. Yeah. Tell you what they said too. They were like, Well, but there isn't. There's a There's a tournament next year again too, right? Yes, yes. There's another tournament, but Ajax is not going to make that. <laughs> yeah, not going to go that far. I know. There's like once every like thirty years where a team like Ajax has the perfect yeah. circumstances to where they can get as far as they did. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot yeah. that goes into uh, winning. You just got to be lucky sometimes. Have all the right yeah. pieces it's at timing. the right time. Lucky. It's it's yeah. the time almost that didn't make the right Champions League at the year. right time. Ronaldo left Real Madrid. Real Madrid was in peril that year. 
just as Ajax had the best fucking players, you know? And it's just like, you know, it's, yeah, exactly. It's timing. Kind of like, again, how Russia did really well in the 2018 World Cup. You know, yeah. that was like a weird, I kept thinking to myself, like, man, if somehow we fucking made it. <laughs> For a second, I thought you were going to go like the perfect timing, just how Russia interfered with the elections <laughs> in 2016. <laughs> I was, I was, yeah, it, Russia threw me off too. I was like, wait, what yeah. are you talking about now? <laughs> no, but, but what, something that a lot of people don't get about the sport is, is that like years, like 10, 15 years will pass just to have the perfect timing for a team. The perfect year. Corey's mom. Corey's mom. Corey's mom. <laughs> oh my god. What would she what'd she feed you? Was it was it sausage? No, it was some stuffing. Oh, oh nice. Corey nice. was eating yeah, sausage right. yesterday and he, he we were giving him <laughs> That was it was pretty nice. Sausage saucy wassage. I forgot what we were calling you. Anyways. Um <laughs> so Bram, I remember when we when we go to like talking about like a highlighted game. You always brought up the Barcelona game, right? Like that was like one of the games that you said you'll always remember. No. What was the game? I I wasn't there when they beat like Barcelona like one to zero at home. You weren't there. What was the, what? I wasn't there. Like my my game that I think I'll always remember is oh. in the in the Europa League against Lyon, where we won four to one. Oh. So talk to us about that. Was it intense yeah. going into it? Were you just assuming that you guys were going to get cracked, like creamed? Like, what was it? Yes. Yes. Like, they, like, going into that game, I don't even know. Was this 2017, 2016? I think 2016. Was it 2016? Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. It was, 20, it was 2016. Yeah. You told us about it in the program. That's how I remember. Okay, cool. So 2016, uh, we're playing, we're doing pretty well in the UEFA League. We barely, like, we played Schalke the game before. Mm -hmm. And Schalke was doing really well. And we beat them at home. And then we managed to win in the last minute. That we managed to lose. In the, and this is going to sound really weird for Americans. We managed to lose in the last minute of the away game, which sent us through on away goals. So we lost three to one and the, sorry, three to two. And the two, the second goal that we scored was made in like the 92nd minute. Oh, so then you're, that's yeah. awesome. So we went that's through an away fast. goals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is really funny because there were a bunch of memes where they were like, I expensive lost it. Everyone's like, fully celebrating a loss like this is not okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, and um so the, we went through and obviously riding a high off of that of barely beating Schalke and then we played Leon at home and Leon was basically everyone was saying Leon's gonna win the Europa League was it in the, was, was it in the quarterfinals semifinals quarterfinals no semifinals never mind it was the oh, semifinals okay. so it was pretty far yeah. on then yeah because Manchester United was doing terrible that year so everyone was thinking that Manchester United was yeah. definitely not making the final mm -hmm. yeah um and I don't know who Manchester United beat again but I remember that being kind of a surprise in 2000 oh no so this was this the year that we won it Yes, I want to get into that later. Okay, <laughs> Let me enough, just enjoy enough. this yeah, for a second. Sorry, my bad, my bad. That was 2017. 2017. 2017. That, okay, I was yeah. living in Spain, yeah. yeah. Right. So, um, 
yeah, everyone said Leon's going to make it. Manchester United was doing terrible. Yeah. Um, so we play Leon. Um, usually, my dad has two tickets for European soccer. Um, and oh my god, usually, I, I remember this game. I was in Madrid watching this at the same time that we beat Celta Vigo. I'm sorry, man. I was nice. like, what game are you talking about? But yes, no, I know the game yes. you're talking about as okay, well. Perfect. Yeah. So we. Uh, Usually, when my dad has two tickets, and when it's like high-profile games, my dad has a girlfriend. She doesn't care about soccer that much. When it's high-profile games, I call my dad. I'm like, Dad, can I please go to this game? And usually, when high-profile games, she's like, yes, of course, we're going. During this game, his girlfriend was like, no, I want to go, which sucked because that meant we couldn't have his tickets. So we managed to find, me and one of my buddies, managed to find two tickets that we bought on the same line um, as where my dad was, but more to the side. So we were in a different section, uh, but we managed to manage to see it. So um, I remember going there and going into the stadium, there were pamphlets all over on every pillar from the F side, basically saying, okay, so this is what we need to do. You cannot sit for 90 minutes. Every, we need everyone in the stadium to stand our capo were like we will leave the chance and we need everyone to participate and we need the full the complete time where leon has possession we need everyone to either boo or whistle whistle at them yeah um so it's so toxic isn't it but it's like oh it <laughs> yes so so that happened and i think it was like one of the most intense games i've been to because starting from like like minute one there was no one was sitting and it's like 50, like a sold out stadium, 55,000 people just all like jumping at the same time and like chanting. Um, and yeah, I mean, they ended up beating Leon with four to one. And I remember like every goal was just a shock for everyone. And obviously like, as you start going up and up in score, like the atmosphere gets better and better. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it wasn't quiet for like less for more than a couple seconds, that entire game. Um, so yeah, that was a fantastic game, and then um, they barely won the away game in in Lyon that I watched from a cafe in Amsterdam, and then the final, which me and my friend looked to get tickets for, which was almost impossible, and also yeah, I I tried that. to get tickets for as well. Yeah, it was so hard. Yeah, um, I, I was going to fly to Stockholm. Did you did you not tem- were you not tempted to go to Stockholm? Yeah, we were going to drive to Stockholm. Uh, yeah, I was. I wanted to go. I, it was I already booked expensive. Like, well, wow. I booked hotels too before I booked hotels before the semi because yeah. it was like, well, if they do make it, I don't want to be the one that because they are kind of high prices. Yeah. So, yeah, we got hotels beforehand, uh, obviously able to cancel that. But they uh, yeah, the tickets were just so hard to get. And I ended up being glad we didn't go, uh, obviously, because of the score. So we watched it on yeah. the Museum Square in Amsterdam. That held a hundred thousand. Oh, was that like? Was that? Oh, it was good. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Damn. I mean, it, oh, it holds a hundred thousand. There were a hundred thousand people, and they it was completely full. I think like four to six hours before the game started. Yeah. Um, and um, I think at some point we everyone got like Amber Alerts, which is kind of a thing like that you get in the US too when there's like dangerous situations like on your phone, so mm-hmm. it's going off a notification basically telling people in the entire country to not move not travel to amsterdam because they they could not hold the the number of people that were going 
Oh my like, god. They were like, Amsterdam is full. Our cafes are full. We're turning people away. We're c- tr- coming in by train right now. Holy we're not allowing fuck, more people like, to travel. Like, like, I get it. Man United are really big, but come on. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, so joke, I, joke, a, I joke, I joke, I joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I watched the Museum Square. The atmosphere was great. The game was absolutely terrible. It's a pure, like, Mourinho yeah. loss. Oh, it really was, always yeah. goes. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it was a terrible game. But the semi, the semi-final game before that was awesome. Yeah, and every Ajax Feyenoord game before Ajax started absolutely dominating Feyenoord games uh, were all are always a blast to watch. Um, we no longer have away fans uh, at Ajax and Feyenoord games because of really? riots. Oh yeah, it, it's been like this since like 2012. We haven't Dude, had fans. What what what, what stopped it? Like what was there a big one specific there were mass there? riots where a couple really? people died? Yeah, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, there were like big big i mean i expired is super toxic it's like really dangerous yeah. and this is something i think that a lot of fans didn't understand either it's like i and finder that rivalry is so incredibly aggressive that you cannot wear anything i themed in rotterdam or the yeah. other way around like yeah you can't wear finer themed stuff in amsterdam but like so obviously we we, we discuss galaxy and lafc quite often don't we mm-hmm. but and I always, every single time that I think about a rivalry that I couldn't wear anything United related in Liverpool City Centre. And I would feel a bit, uh, if I saw somebody wearing a Liverpool shirt walking around here. And then obviously you say that about Ajax and Rotterdam as well. I'm sorry, Ajax and Feyenoord, but obviously Amsterdam and Rotterdam. Mm-hmm. But like, do you think, Bram, that that is because of the history and that it's been so long and it will it will take time for you know LA LA Galaxy and LAFC to get to that. We're never gonna get to that. That's I mean do that's not, just. But do, do not think so. The reason like, why to, like, the reason but why I think the whole atmosphere is just so much friendlier here. I it is. Because yeah. here's the thing. Okay. Here's the thing. Because <laughs> you're right. It is friendlier here, and the problem is, is that like with obviously the, pet, the people are just better. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like we have our closed off sections, you know. So it's like. When we have a rivalry yeah. game, the the rules are this: if you're right, if you have riot squad or ACB or whatever, you're closed in by um, sheriff's department. So like their their LAFC section has a sheriff's department all around them, like surrounding them. And then the same yeah. thing for the Galaxy ones, and that's it. Everyone else is fine. There's tons of fights like during the games, you know, tons. In fact, the first game that that or the second game at. Um, Disney Health Sports Park with the Galaxy, the Digs, um, we got taken out, and they've had to place us, our entire section, in our in our uh, tailgate section. They closed it off, and they set, and they had to sit there for two hours until all the LAFC fans are out of the stadium. Okay, let me let me put this into perspective. So the only team, I think, the biggest rivalry that I can find that still allows fans in the Netherlands is Ajax PSV. Um, if you. Oh, okay. um, Ado Den Haag is a pretty weak rivalry with Ajax, but they oh, just God don't bless you, the fans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, they, but PSV, I think, is one of the bigger rivalries. If you, as an Ajax fan, want to visit the game in Eindhoven against PSV, you have to go to the Ajax stadium, travel to the Ajax stadium, get on one train, and there's one train only, that train will directly go to the PSV stadium and they will get you out of the PSV stadium into like a shaft that is specifically there for away fans that leads right into their away section. 
And if you're not on that train, you will not be able to visit that game. It's the same from Pease Feed to the arena, to the Oinkart yeah. Arena. There is absolutely no contact possible between fans because if there is, people will, will get Kaya, you know, seriously injured or hurt or killed. And I think in order for that rivalry to start existing in Los Angeles, one of the members of the of the fan bases needs to get killed. That's 100% true. <laughs> I, I knew you were going to go there, but I was like, yeah. I, <laughs> like, and I'm not saying I don't want this to happen at all. But if you want a rivalry that is going to be that hardcore, like a high-ranking member of the fan base needs to get killed because that's what's happening. In like those, it, it needs to become more toxic in a lighter way, yeah. doesn't it? The, yeah. you know, I mean, they I, even, they set even, off even each other's supporter homes, like they set them on fire. Yeah, like they burned down yeah. the supporter yeah. homes. Well, you know what's crazy too is that's it, funny. It's <laughs> like cra- yeah, it's crazy. The preventative. Gone. Oh, the preventative measures that the MLS does is also like it's fucking hilarious. Like for example, when we went, the MLS was like, "Get in the buses. We're gonna drop you off right at your section. You're gonna be escorted by the sheriff's department to your sections, and then you'll see what happens next." So we do it. We get the sheriff's department to push us to our sections. We're just sitting there like two hours before, and then right when all the LAFC fans start entering the stadium, they just let us go. They're like, "Okay, go. You're fine." And it's like. What the fuck for? What the fuck was all that shit for? Why are, we, why are we here right now? And then after the game is over, they're like, okay, everybody wait two hours. I get it. People are pissed. Wait two hours in your section. So we wait another two hours. And then they finally let us leave. Um, but it's funny because while the game is ending, they, we could still technically leave. We could leave our section. It's just if you want to leave on the bus, you have to leave at those two-hour window. It yeah. just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. people have to have to stay for an hour and a half with away sections, regardless of where they're from in the arena. At least have to stay an hour and a half well, after what, the game ends. What did you That's have to do for the, the Sounders, for Bram? Because when the Sounders, what? I remember when the Galaxy and the Sounders played. You sat with ECS, but it was pretty simple, yeah. right? Like they were like, just walk to this field and then fuck off, right? That's kind of what they no, did. No, not right? even. What'd they do? No, they were um, like. We mar- marched to the stadium together. Uh, but like from a field that was attached to the stadium, right? Yeah, but even like we would get to the stands and just walk through like Galaxy fans. Like there there wasn't like a line that was specifically for Sounders fans. Like you just, they would put you, drop you on, like you'd walk to the stadium and just walk in the regular entrance with all yeah. the Galaxy fans. Yeah, like, yeah, it's not segregated. Um, That's one of the problems. It's never going to yeah. be as, it's, you're and never going to have that tension that, oh, it's, and I think what Chris is referring is, to is manufactured. So a lot yeah. of it is yeah, like all the rivalries in the U.S. are pretty manufactured and it's done by people. Mm-hmm. So it's not it never feels as genuine. No. So it's like, yeah. I think uh, and I might be wrong here, but from what I've always seen, it, I feel like premier teams or just the English league in general, it's just a more they have hard rivalries, but it's not I want to kill you rivalry. It's more of a like you joke about each other and it's more of a, I, I don't know. I feel like the rivalries are less like, I feel like the rivalries in, in the Netherlands and in, um, in especially like Eastern European teams, like you really can't have two fans meet because they'll try to kill each other. Yeah. And real quick, sorry to cut everybody off. We are going 30 minutes into this and we should, so just keep in mind so that we can go five more minutes and then we'll jump into the champions league results, but, uh, continue with, with, yeah. Yeah, well, I was going to say, in terms of, like, uh, I, know, I just want to have 
ask Bram one more question. But I was going to say my point around. I think the reason for the strength of rivalry here in England and why you know it becomes toxic, but it is almost quite healthy. It's healthy competition to an extent. You know, there's not. It's not as dreadful. There are certain gangs that are parts of different fan bases that will meet up in the 80s to fight each other. That doesn't happen anymore. But I would say that a lot of it, it depends where you are, but a lot of it, it can become quite political. And, you know, from city to city. And I, you know, I think that is quite a big thing. You know, Liverpool, you know, um, United in City is obviously geographical. And ge- geographical, you know, um, what's the phrase? Bragging rights is, is what a lot of basic rivalry is based upon. You want to do better than your next door neighbor. But then a lot of, I would say, you could have political rivalry is kind of where I would have to go. I would have probably have to need an entire episode and talk about the political rivalry, the historical rivalry yeah. between the cities of Manchester and Liverpool. Mm-hmm. But it all comes off the back of the Industrial Revolution from like the late 1800s. That's, that's the rivalry. Well, and I think that's, really that's kind of what it's like with Ajax and Feyenoord. Because Feyenoord yeah, is, exactly. Rotterdam is a big port. So, and yeah. Feyenoord itself, like the name Feyenoord is the name of a, just a neighborhood in Rotterdam. Like you have the neighborhood Feyenoord, which is really close to their ports. Yeah. And, and it used to be the biggest port in the world. I think it's still one of the biggest ones in the world, probably the biggest in Europe. Um, so most of the people supporting Feyenoord are from back in the day, and I think still are uh, blue collar workers from the port. Well, that's it. Exactly. That's what um, I mean. Yeah. And that translates into the club itself because Feyenoord is known for being tough club, hardworking players, not necessarily technically skilled, but hardworking, fighting for it 90, 90 minutes. They're, even their yeah. club song is, is talking about no words, but deeds. Yeah. Like literally, that's literally a line from their club song. Um, so like, and Ajax has been obviously Amsterdam massive trade board has always been more of a, uh, financially better off club mm-hmm. yeah um because they That's are from amsterdam they, well. yeah and the ix philosophy is a lot about technical skills and less about work so we have we tend to have players that aren't necessarily players that will fight for 90 minutes but will um kind of steer away from like confrontations on the pitch because of their technical skills mm-hmm. which is why we always have younger players like we we're not a team like a lot of English teams. And especially like when you go to like the bottom half of the premier league, where you just have all these like fit, strong guys that are able to win duels. That's not necessarily. Four, four, two. We fucking fucking swing them in. Kick the ball forward. We have have one center back who can like watch the ball. (laughs) But like Tony Pierce created that football. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Get used to like 4-4-2. 50-yard kicks. (laughs) Right when I saw him get announced, I was like, oh, no. Well, first of all, he was like, um, he's English, right? Yeah. I saw an English. He's Welsh. He might be Welsh. Oh, no. No, he's Welsh. Sorry, he's Welsh. Oh, is he? I yeah. saw some. Well, he's from the UK. So once I saw yeah, that, yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, no. no. He's not going to be very creative, is he? <laughs> That's why I like Carvalho. He was like Portuguese. Yeah. He came in from Portugal. He had this new system. It was like tacking, free-flowing, fun. And it was yeah. like, oh, yeah. And then he left. And it's like, exactly. the England manager. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. All but right. So, like, oh, oh, yeah, just, I want to just oh, sort yeah. of like, well, 
at one point um the rounds the most interesting one is obviously in terms of rivalries the most famous is is Madrid Barcelona which we've you know said before that Madrid there was the King's Club and the Barcelona was a, Barcelona as a club was a symbol to to against the oppression of the king in the 1930s 40s 50s oh, and so like, the entire city of Barcelona is yeah. a symbol of the <laughs> the battle against well the, 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 the entire the entire region of Catalonia is the, the yeah. <laughs> but um but what I was going to ask as well Bram um and this sort of like Johnny does tie into what like us moving on to talk about oh, yeah. this the season is so, like so Bram two questions um what is your favorite goal that I you've ever seen Ajax score not live just in general as you start supporting the club and also um what was it like to beat a land of midgets last week? <laughs> <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. Wasn't oh, nice. I love it. <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> tell- uh, I love how you snuck it in too. You were waiting for that for a while. <laughs> it. It's on the paper. It's, it's on the paper. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, exactly. We beat them. The reason why is because Marcus Rashford made his debut against Midgetland. Um, <laughs> like four years ago so that's why the jokes come from so whenever i actually play on them i was like this is great sorry favorite goal tell me i'm curious i'm on top of my head yeah on top of my head there so my favorite player growing up my favorite like my idol in an ajax shirt and i guess player in general was always rafael van der vaart Oh, great player. So true. Um, yeah, and I I ended up actually, so slightly off topic, but our seats used to be in front of like the V, like the <laughs> VIP section. So we would have like seats at the front right on the pitch uh, when, I, when I was younger. And behind us was the section where the wives of the players, but also the injured players would sit. Okay. Um, so I managed to actually get an autograph of Rafael van der Vaart because he was injured and sitting behind us. Uh, and my dad pushed me to go up to him and ask about for a sign- for an autograph. Was, it, was he nice? He was, yeah. His wife yeah, was really nice that. too. Um, and uh, I actually have also seen uh, Ibrahimovic with like all his friends being injured. And I don't remember this, but I apparently met Cruyff as well. Whoa, um, like seriously? Yeah, because obviously he would go to games. He would be at yeah, the VIP section. Um, but anyway, so Vinnervart was always my favorite player. And I think there was this one game where he, I think it was a bicycle kick that I remember seeing as like an awesome, uh, goal. And I know this is a terrible description of this game. <laughs> and I actually would have to rewatch Easily. specifically what goal this was yeah. <laughs> for the bicycle kick. Uh, <laughs> The other one that comes to mind, like immediately, is the the Ibrahimovic goal because oh, yeah. of like the uh, the uh, implications that that had for him. And, Johnny like, Corey, do you, do you know what goal he's talking about? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the one where he pumps out like every fucking second. He jukes out the camera guy. Jukes yeah. out the yeah. Oh, I, I think I have seen that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he has the, the ball like by himself for like twenty seconds, and then yeah, yeah, and, and scores. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and. Uh, I think the reason why that was so good is because he was constantly like, he wasn't doing well at Ajax. We had a way better striker at the time, Mido, who was uh, from an Egyptian oh, striker. Oh, yeah. I remember Mido. Yeah. Yeah. Mido yeah was he, played for, he played for Tottenham, didn't he? 
I yeah, I think he yeah. did. Yeah. Um so and he was battling it out with Mito, obviously losing that battle at Ajax. Um and um there was just there was an international game where Sweden played the Netherlands where Ibrahimovic and people are thinking that this is probably a revenge for something because they Vandervaard and Ibrahimovic did not get along at Ajax at all and Vandervaard was the was the sweetheart of the club like he was yeah. he was the man and Ibrahimovic was obviously a struggling player um, and he put his studs on Vandervaard in some type of like um, he tried to do a tackle, but a lot of people are thinking that he did that on purpose, like purposefully hit Van der Vaart and injured him. So Van der Vaart was injured for, I think, a, a couple weeks because of Ibrahimovic. Were they, were they and, still booked at Ajax? Yeah. yeah. So Van der, uh, Ibrahimovic injured Van der Vaart, which obviously got the entire Ajax fan base and supporters angry. Um, because it was a friendly too, like it was a friendly international game. So like, there's absolutely no reason why you should want to injure another player. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the game after that happened, where he was constantly being booed. This is one of his last games at Ajax. He scores that goal. Yeah. And, and it's insane because I think it's a like it's a fuck you from him to everyone yeah. booing him, and also for the for the supporters being something like well. Like we hate this guy, but this is one of the the best goals we've probably seen <laughs> in the arena. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I think that was just a really good goal. Uh, it's like it's like that scene in The Simpsons, like Boo earns, Boo earns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was that was good. Um, and I think another like one last that I was thinking of is in the the four to one. Real Madrid, the Shona goal. It was oh, the last yeah. one in that game where he yeah. was basically scoring from an impossible angle. Like he yeah. was basically right next to the corner flag and managed to get the ball with a curve. Like, right, like you see uh, Courtois like reach out and this guy is tall. Like, Courtois like, is probably like, like six, six foot five. Yeah, six like, foot five. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I thought he was like six foot six, six foot seven. Yeah, he looks he way be. taller. Yeah, Courtois, he might be yeah, six, he is seven, like, ungodly lengthy. Yeah. He's, he's a tall, I think he's a, he's the tallest goalkeeper in the league. Well, in oh, Europe, he is? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Let's see. He's massive. Uh, I could be bullshitting. I'm quite bullshitting. Six foot six. Yeah. He's six foot six. So obviously stretched out. He's probably like eight. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, managed to get it right like over his outstretched fingertips into the like right in between the crossbar and yeah. the and the post for yeah. the four one. Uh, that was an amazing goal because obviously you scored in the Champions League. Well, a couple of reasons. You scored in the Champions League. You scored against Real Madrid and it's 4-1 <laughs> against yeah. Real Madrid in the Champions League. In the, in the, in the Bernabeu as well. Yeah, in the Bernabeu. Yeah. So that was a good goal. Yeah. yeah. No. Sweet. All right. Well, look at that. I enjoyed that. That was... Where, where, where are you going? No, I'm doing a, I want to, I don't want to overdo the mic, so I'm doing yeah. it far away. Oh, we okay, can do this. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks, guys. <laughs> and he's Hi, just, look at him. But he can still hear us. He's got his headphones in. Yeah. So oh. we can't say too many mean things. Okay, so let's move on to Champions League. Bram, you had to talk about, about Ajax's game. I want to hear him shout from the other room. Who? Well, oh, he hey, has, bro. He has his... Oh. <laughs> 
Welcome back to the show. Please. What's he doing? Can we describe that Bram is... We're eagerly waiting for... For Bram's analysis. Versus, um, oh, London he's hearing yep. some news. He's getting the feed. He's getting some stuff going. Uh-huh. And now we go live to our Ajax correspondent in the field, Bram. Thank you, Chris. Uh, beautiful game. <laughs> <laughs> the delay. He did the delay. <laughs> God. Uh, no, it was a good game. Um, it was one of those games that Ajax has been having a lot where the um, eventual score was different than how it has always been, which proves a growth in Ajax as a team in general mm-hmm. or in, in total. So what Ajax does a lot which sucks is where they play these teams that are obviously not up to Ix's level that if they were to play in the air, the VZ would be mid tier or even bottom tier. Michelin, I think is one of those teams that just happened to have had a really good season last season, but it's just not, I don't know. They wouldn't be able to really get with the top teams of the year, the VZ even. Yeah. So it's one of those teams where Ix just needs to win two, two games out of two, they need to win the home and they need to win the away game, the away game. And what has been happening a lot, especially against Eastern European teams, where for some stupid reason, Ajax cannot score against them. And what always happens is like in like the 17th, 80th minute, that team will have one long ball and score, like one chance and one goal. And we end up losing against those teams. So for the longest chunk of the game, it looked like it was going to be one of those games. Ajax had a bunch of chances, a bunch of shots and goal, just weren't able to score. I think it was in like, you guys were dominating that first half. That was weird, though. You guys well, had like that always happens every you, single time that happens. You guys had like seven situations where it was like one on one with the keeper, and they fucked up every single time. Yeah, yeah. Here, that yeah. that's so true. Laubiad had a dreadful first half, didn't he? Yeah, but it seemed like it like <laughs> right when the half started. Laubiad is a terrible player. Sorry. Oh no, you're good. But no, what I was saying was, <laughs> it seemed like right when the second half started, it's like it's like Ajax's coach was like, guys. Guys, you just need to get a fucking goal. And once yeah, you get that one goal, work. everything's going to work out and yeah. you're just going to get three or four more. Because you guys absolutely yeah. thrashed them the second half. Yeah, so the first half, 0 0, terrible game. And then second half, score two goals in two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 47th and 49th minute. Did, did Trauer get one of those? No, Grafenberg, Masut Rally, and then Nires uh, in the 66th oh, yeah, yeah. minute. That that first uh, goal, uh, um, oh, so good. That was he, a good he's one. like eighteen, isn't he? He is, yeah. Yeah, man. He he's that was some strike, and it was uh, it, so they put it on the the UEFA Champions League um, Instagram as one of the four goals of the week, and I saw somebody put it on Twitter as well, and saying that there's no fans in the stadiums is obviously rubbish, but what's been really good is hearing the sound of him hitting the ball and hitting the underside of the crossbar, then hitting the net. Yes. And like it, it is so nice, isn't it? That's that's been one of the highlights of like having no fans. Has what been I, that kind of boom. What I and love about good. not having fans is the yells of players when they're getting yeah. scored on. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, I was watching a game and like <laughs> you just heard like I scored, and the only thing you hear was like 
ah, and it's like basically like one of their players was like, oh, god damn it, <laughs> yelling. Dude, I was watching. I was watching a game. It was Casper Schmeichel for Leicester mm. um, last night, and he 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 makes a really good save, and all you hear him go is. Fucking sort it out for fuck's sake, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so so clearly obvious. So, did, did, so when that happens with us, our announcers, because it happened with I think Julian Arajo or one of the games. It was recent. He goes like, you just hear him in a faint go, God fucking damn it, and then the, <laughs> and then the announcer goes, We are so sorry about that. Uh, we did not. You know, I'll like just try to compose it, and it's so because yeah. you see it. The camera goes to him as he's on an on-field mic. And he just goes, God fucking damn it. And then they're like, oh, whoop. You know? Yeah, no, exactly. And, and I love that shit. Even like when there's when there's fans, because Robbie Keane is one of my favorite Galaxy players. And I know Corey might remember this, but there's literally like this like this fucking clip where the camera goes to him after something happens. And Robbie yeah. Keane goes like, what is he says like, go fuck yourself or something? You, yeah, you could, and you could see it like, it was almost as if he was trying to mount it off. It was so clear. Like you can just see it in his face, how he says it, so. Yeah. Dude, and they were like, oh, "Oh, we're so sorry about that." Yeah, we are so sorry. You know? Honestly, do you remember, I do remember when we were shouts and stuff, like hearing them communicate? It's actually kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I actually quite like yeah, it. I know. But, but yeah, I don't know if they're doing this like for that. you, Chris. But here they're pumping in fake, uh, yeah, sounds. Do you are you? Hearing I don't. That? It, dude, like I, I, I don't really care now. Into this stage, where I'm just like, I'll just watch either. But whenever they, whenever they first started doing it, I was like why <laughs> yeah i was like what's the what's the point what's the i, yeah. I don't understand well the game like, it is the annoying option. and it's some of it sometimes it's too much loud it's so loud they're pumping it yeah the commentators it's like what are you guys doing now and yeah. then you realize it's, you're, it's you're watching an arsenal match and you're like this isn't real <laughs> <laughs> honestly <laughs> i kind of like the pipe noises because it's so like as long as they're not too loud but i hate a game being completely quiet because it completely takes away the urgency of how important this game is because they all look for, like practice games is that is that, for, is that for you as a viewer or for the players yes. yeah good question okay. well no 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 because the players don't hear it i hear it like they pipe it in in like post well yeah. i've heard that at one stadium they played it because i think uh or maybe maybe i'm wrong but i think it was a city game and uh no surprise Aguero there. was coming off and he was laughing <laughs> he started he started he started doing this and just kind of yeah it's like an empty stadium stadiums they're actually pumping some fake i think no i think you're right i think they are there's some stadiums and then like across i know that have the fake noises and it's certainly the beginning of lockdown but i'm not sure if they're still doing it now i think they've they've kind of just gotten used to it but i was gonna ask you guys question like does it for you obviously we talked about so much better being there and being in the crowd atmosphere Mm -hmm. but for you guys does it take away from your enjoyment of watching the sport, having no fans in the stadium on a game that you're watching on television? So here's my thing. And I just want to add real quick to the fan thing. The Galaxy are playing FIFA Galaxy Chance, which is fucking hilarious. You hear the FIFA <laughs> Chance. And I, and I was hearing it going, is that fucking FIFA? Are they playing FIFA <laughs> Chance? And you hear like, I'm going <laughs> you know, like that's like the FIFA one, and it's great because that's what yeah. like, it's cool because that's our set. Like we do that, like that's from our section, but it's still funny that it's from FIFA, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, what I was gonna say was is, I I think it's important to have the option to choose when they were doing it. Um, you know, at the Orlando games, 
for example, like during the Orlando bubble in the beginning of the season, the MLS is back cup. Uh, you had the choice. They were like, you could have stadium sound or not. And they had like a way to to cycle the option. Um, personally, I think that it's a point in our history as a league. And I get that if they want to do that, they can, but I like it without it. I like hearing the coaches yell. I like hearing the players yell. I like, I like that in five years. From I feel now, like both though. You can do both. As long yeah. as it's not too loud. Yeah. Obviously it's pipe. Well, because it's piped in after, I feel like the sound of the like the quote unquote audience does not um, make the managers on like does not have you not hear the managers because usually obviously when you have a full stadium that sound is so much louder than the sound the managers can produce but because you're doing it in post you can like it doesn't because of how sound works like we have a louder sound you don't hear the other one that doesn't happen you can hear both yeah. because yeah. I've been hearing both in like the in the games that I've been watching, you, I hear like the the crowd sounds, but also the managers yelling. Yeah, but yeah. the re- the reason why I ask is because I've seen a lot of people like give a lot of a pushback whenever football came back to say it's just not the same. And I used to think, well, if you think that's not the same as having fans in the stadium, well, you know, the fans aren't the sport. What's happening on the field is the sport. So if you're taking away from your experience, do you actually really like the sport of football or do you like the spectacle of football? That's, I think that's, that's a great what, point. That's sort of why I, I sort of started to realize that, you know, it didn't really make a difference if there were fans in a game, you know, Palace are playing Newcastle tonight. I'll still watch it. I don't really care if they've got Palace fans or whatever. And by the way, the Crystal Palace fans are the best fan, home fans in, the whole, in England. Yeah, like they're they're brilliant, but and I probably would add to them a little bit, but it's not going to stop me. It doesn't take away from my experience of watching. But I feel like football matches. I, yeah. I feel like the current um, situation hurts clubs that have very strong fan bases. Oh, because definitely. there are yeah. there are stadiums. A result, a result would be definitely yeah. Yeah, there are stadiums where it's just scary to play as an away team. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I, I don't. Like I don't think that... it matters as much, right? Because like when someone's like, oh, oh, like Liverpool's playing. Everton at you know at you know Enfield, they have that advantage. It's like what fucking advantage do they have? Because no I've heard advantage. that a bunch. Yeah. There's no advantage. I think you know? I, I do think psychologically there is an advantage. I think playing without fans. I think one of the reasons why they pump music, like they're pumping s- sounds into the stadium, um, is I think they've talked to maybe a psych a psycholo- a sports psychologist, and he's saying. Yeah, I think I think uh, you might get another one or two percent out of your players, maybe because psychologically, um, they'll still hear the sounds, so it might help them. Um, but again, this is all temporary, so it doesn't really—it's not a huge deal. Yeah. Like yeah. them going, oh, it's not the same. Um, yeah, you're That's right. The, but the they're still doing the things. It is the same. But uh, yeah, but what's funny? They can't. If they can't do this shit without a crowd, then what's the fucking point? My favorite. Exactly. Well, my favorite thing is, and, and obviously it's not football related, but during our hey, baseball season, I put season, out magic every Sunday into only a few thousand spectators. I was just so, thinking that. Literally, do it. Like, you think that these people have never played Sunday league? Yeah, but don't they, don't they train? Do they just do, do they just do yeah. training? Because there's no, there's not a million people there. So, so what I wanted to say was, is this isn't football related, but like with our baseball league, for example, when you watch the baseball games on TV, they piped every because like when you listen, when you go to a baseball game, they have piano like accordion riffs uh, every inning and they were doing that anyway 
So like you're watching the game and no one's in the stands, and then you hear and then nothing. But like you can finish it himself. He doesn't. Are like half of the MLB games and they're not empty? Stadiums are like half empty, aren't they? Anyways. Yeah, but like I never, I never see highlights of it. Half full. Thank you. Half full. Sorry. Well, but I think that's that's one team. Was in the they were in the fucking um they do they get to the playoffs almost every year and then still their stadium's never full. It's like this is unbelievable. It's, it's 160 games. I know the Chicago White Sox have had games where they have like 180 fans in the stadium. That's it. <laughs> and, the, and the fucking it's stadiums are all so great. It's so a great big. turnout here tonight. Thank you, thank you, Jerry, for bringing your family. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, yeah. Thanks to the fans, Steve, Tyler, John. Uh, yeah. But like, I mean, if you go on a weekend, obviously it's always packed. Like, when, like me and Bram would go to Angels games in the weekend, and it was always pretty like crazy. But then if well, you go the, during... the games, the tickets were still like ten bucks for the weekends. That's not bad. It's great. Yeah, yeah. it's fantastic. Like, yeah, that's true. And I think that's why people come. That's because there's I, so many of them, isn't there? So many games. Yes, but it's great. Oh, like I love baseball. It is awesome. To the point where like there's <laughs> I, always I, a game. Yeah. If you if I, you're bored, I think, I think it's I, like fuck you go to a game. I I would love to go to a baseball game. For, you know, I don't really think I'd watch baseball. Watch the sport. Well, I'd probably just, Chris, Chris, oh, you're, you're, you're <laughs> you shouldn't go to a baseball game with the intention of watching a game. You gotta <laughs> chill, like, bro. Yeah. You gotta go fucking chill. Go for the atmosphere. <laughs> what you're saying like, is like, that's like do you like the sport it? or do you like the atmosphere? Yeah, With baseball, it's, it's all atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, go for spectacle, not the is sport. Is it really a baseball yeah. game if you don't have F-16s flying over? Before, yeah, like right? literally, dude, <laughs> really this is what you do. I just want to paint the yeah. picture. So, like, sure. you know, with soccer, obviously, you're singing, you're standing, all that stuff. With baseball, yeah. this is what you do. You get in the stadium, you get in your seat, you, you wait early. for you. Yeah, you have to get early because you want to walk around, you want to check it out. Because the stadiums are huge. Yeah, you so want to sit in someone else's seats too. And then and then have the awkward moment where you go like this. Oh my bad. Yep. Oh yep. man. Oh, I, I <laughs> had no idea that these three hundred dollars <laughs> seats weren't mine. I'm so sorry. And that's the thing with Angel Stadium, dude. It's Angel Stadium, dude. You could just walk over to a spot and then just sit there. And that's then, what like, I did. Sure we'll just I sat in like way too expensive seats because <laughs> because they're never sold out. So like, if you get yeah. lucky, you're in a seat where no one's sitting that game. What what do you call the the Chicagoian um, baseball team? The one Cubs that won- or White Sox? The it's Cubs. Cubs. Yeah, so yeah, it was the Cubs. I well, walked, they're both from I, Chicago. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> it's just I, no I was, one cares yeah. about the White Sox. <laughs> <laughs> I walked. I walked. I walked. Um, I said whenever I went traveling after my second program, I stayed at an Airbnb right beside the Cubs Stadium, and it was really cool. It was like you're like you're saying, Johnny. The stadiums are massive. That like I was walking around the stadium. And like taking it in because like obviously it's a historic, you know, curse. And then they yeah. went and they won it. Wrigley Field, sorry, I suppose, of course, that's what it's called. But I think that the one stadium I would love to go to, just purely because of the history, not necessarily for the sport and Fenway the actual Park. matches, Fenway Park. Yeah, I've been to Fenway Park. But but Fenway Park is like <laughs> Wem- it's like the Wembley of baseball, isn't it? It's it's like a really big yeah. historic stadium. Yeah, the thing but- about Fenway Park is they um they cannot up- update the stadium. It's a historic landmark. If- no, really? not just that, but if they update the stance, it has to be up to code, which means that it'll significantly lessen the number of people that are able oh, to go right, in. Yeah. So what well, they've been, they small. still have benches. Oh, yeah. The capacity is 18,000, which for a team like the Red Sox is go crazy. 
Yeah, the Red yeah, Sox, um, fuck, they do well. The Red Sox do well compared yeah. to like other teams. Like if you want so, to see a team sell out. Yeah, it's benches. Yeah. So like you're you have a spot on your bench. <laughs> yeah. Because they if if they have to if they redo the stands, it has they have to have seats, which significantly reduces the number of people that can go into the stadium. Yeah. So it's really yeah. cool because it's super old school, the entire stadium. Yeah. Yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, that was this week's edition of the yeah, baseball retreat. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Anyways, if you want to podcast? hear more about this, we're have, the, have the baseball podcast. The uh, we're starting that next week. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Chris, give I, us the I won't be there. <laughs> yeah, no, Chris has to be there. And he just has no, to like, yes. be like, Chris, what do you think about that? I, I don't know. He hit the ball. <laughs> <Yeah. with> the <laughs> <stick>. <laughs> um, Chris, give us the Man United rundown. How did you feel this week? Uh, to be honest, um, Istanbul, Bashik Shahir. Uh, I'm so like proud of myself that I can say that word. Um, yeah, you mispronounced it totally. Can you do that again? But ba- ba- Bashik Shahir. That's, that's perfect. <laughs> one, one more time. It Bashik sounds Shahir. like you're, you're clearing your Bashik Shahir. <laughs> I wish my my very good friend Yaya, who's from uh, Yaya. Istanbul, Sorry. his name's Yalan, but we call him Yaya. Um, he would be very disappointed with my mispronunciation of that. But um, <laughs> but yeah, like, do I mean we need we obviously after we got embarrassed by them in the previous game, we really needed to to come out firing. Um, and thankfully, Oli Solskjaer decided here. Do you know what's a really good idea, Man United, having two wingers and not just one, and not not playing our thirty-two third thirty-two-year-old central midfielder on the right midfield. So um, so Marcus Rashford started right midfield, and the difference it made have Bruno and Donny van der Beek as two high eights rather than one sitting, one really high. Um, having Marshall on the left, Rashford on the right, and this set a focal point with Cavani. It, the difference it made, we were, the football we played in the first 25 minutes bro, was just breathtaking. It was the best, some of the best football we played on the show shop by a mile. Um, and then, but then I think the thing is, man, that Marshall and Cavani just weren't very clinical or didn't get themselves in clinical positions mm-hmm. neither did Rashford so it brings me on to and I know I said every week Bruno Fernandes <laughs> that guy honestly he is less than a year older than me has two kids and I'm still in love with him I don't even care <laughs> <laughs> like did you, did you see his first goal from the corner I just I'm watching the highlight right now I just saw it it was beautiful it was oh, half volley right in the roof of the Smashes net smashes like, it Oh my god, honestly, it was amazing. Dude, Dory's and it's funny because I, I knew you were going to say something. Mom. <laughs> mom. <laughs> I, I knew you were going to say something about Bruno Fernandez, though. I, I, I knew it was coming. But what do you well, think? What do you think United should take away from this game? Like, what do you think is the main takeaway from it? Play two wingers. We need balance. Bal- mm-hmm. Like, I cannot express how much wider the pitch was with having Rashford on the right hand side, how much better Aaron Wan-Bissaka played and how much more of a threat he was in, a t- in an attacking sense with a right winger in front of him mm-hmm. and not having Wan-Mata who would come inside. Wan-Mata's been brilliant this season, don't get me wrong. Um, Mason Greenwood always comes inside, but he's more disciplined to stay on the right-hand side. Even Daniel James would do a better job there. But we've not had a natural right-hand side. I've told you this before about Jane Sancho. There's a reason. But if Marcus Rashford could do that job for until the time that we signed one officially... Then you know I'd be so I'd be all for it. I think another really really key key moment that came out of it was how good Donny Van der Beek was. Like we all know how good he he is, um, especially on this podcast. But 
his and remember my rant a few weeks back about combinations. Donny van de Beek and Bruno Fernandez's combination is just how we need to play going forward. The only question is, can we have a decent enough holding midfielder to allow the two of them to play going forward? Can Fred do that job alone? The, the jury's out. Uh, you know, we would want it to be Nemanja Matic, but Nemanja Matic of five years ago, not now, is the thing. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if Donny, if Donny stays, in the pit, stays in for Southampton, but that's Did you hear that there are rumours that they might be selling on their bank already? Bullshit, man. It's from like some crappy tabloid in the middle of like. There's no way the he he's better. He's more effect. He was more effective and did more of what I wanted Paul Pogba to do than Paul Pogba in terms of the, mm-hmm. allowing Bruno to go and do what Bruno needs to do. Donny yeah. Donny did what he did with um Tadic or Ziyech in the in that wonderful team. Well, Donny is he allowed over. him to well, go and play. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's yeah. that's why he needs to start. That having. And it's not even a case, like, you know, people were talking about how him and Fred lined up beside each other laying deep. He didn't. Donny, Donny pushed on like an extra 10, 15 yards every single yeah. time the ball, he had the ball. But one touch, two touch, playing off of Bruno, Bruno in his feet, playing off of Cavani, Marshall and Rashford in behind. It was, yeah, it was fantastic. It really was. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I mean. is a worker. Like, he, he he's not, I mean, he has some technical skills, but he's more of a, he's uh I don't know. I feel like he's a player that every team needs because he takes care of like his business and uh, yeah, cleans up after other players. Like getting him uh, Cavani. The Thunderbake. Thunderbake. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And like um, even defensively, he was really solid. Yeah. Really. Solid. I mean, it's kind of what Klassen is doing for Ajax right now. Um, yeah. He's not. He's playing for the team. Like he's not playing as an individual. He's just making sure that he cleans up all the shit after other players. So yeah. if there's a player that isn't defending, Klassen is going to be running there. And I think Donnie kind of had that position at Ajax. I think Klassen yeah. is doing it better for Ajax right now, simply because um, he is older, so he doesn't care as much anymore. Yeah. I think yeah. Donnie still, obviously, if you're a younger player, you want to be seen as like, you know, you want to be a good player and seen if, good in your you know, position. for your goals and stuff yeah. and your position. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think Donnie can fill in that position perfectly. And I hope he does. Like I he think that, a... I think that Pog was more likely to go. Pog was, guys like Pog played like eighty five percent of the matches for France over the international tournament at international break. Comes back in to to United and has a swollen ankle. Like yeah. so, if Don if Donny can bring the quality that we may lose if we were to sell Pogba, then you know I'd be all for him him being the consistent holding midfielder. We yeah. did look very open defensively and against a better he, team we probably would have conceded more. But he wants to be a number ten, but I think as a six he could do well. He definitely. he was a he was a but six. He, but this is what I'm saying he wasn't playing a six because Fred was playing a six as like a natural six. He was like playing like a six and a half, six into an eight sort of thing. Yeah. And that is you know I my, I don't know what you guys think about how football should be played. But from a midfield perspective, there's three thirds aren't there. And a you should have a defensive midfielder, a one that goes in between the defensive and attacking third in the middle, and then an attacking midfielder. Fred, Donny, Bruno. Just Fred needs to be the good one in that sense. And yeah. that, I think that because I think that's how. If you look at I don't know, let's say well, Liverpool, it, it, Liverpool's midfield, they've got Fabinho, Henderson, Wijnaldum. 
Yeah. And when Yeldum doesn't do what Bruno does, he's not a 10, but the, him and Fernand Henderson like, share the load. And yeah. that's what makes them so good. That is it's the definition of an engine room. So, um, yeah. Well, it depends think- on, I, in, in Dutch, they say like you either play with like the point back or the point forward, meaning you either play with one, one 10 and then two like eights or sixes, two more defensive midfielders, yeah, or you play yeah. with two attacking midfielders and one defensive. Yeah. Um, which I prefer two attacking midfielders and one defensive, but the defensive midfielder needs to be like on it and cleaning up the stuff that like the attacking midfielders don't. Yeah. But exactly. the Ajax for the longest time, we played with uh, the point backwards. So we would have Schöne and Vanderbeek. And then we would have De Jong behind them. So oh yeah, but I was trying. I was trying to think who the six was in that team. It was De Jong, wasn't De Jong. it? De Jong. Yeah. yeah. So you would have the be- uh, arguably the best Van der Beek, <laughs> who was Van der Beek, who was often uh, further forward than our striker because we played yeah. with Tadic as a striker, which was a, fal- a false nine. False nine. So yeah. Tadic would go back to let Van der Beek go forward, um, and then we would have Shona, who was basically doing the position that. Van der Beek might have at, at Manchester United or the position that Klaassen has at Ajax right now, which is where he was a very selfless player who was constantly playing like yeah. for the for the team. And then you would have the young behind there that would come and pick up balls from our center backs, dribble them forward, and deliver them with the attacking midfielders. Or the and wings. that's what we're missing. That is exactly what we're missing. Like, you know, that Busquets, De Jong, Casemiro type bit. They come and pick like, them up. They yeah. come and pick them up, but it has the quality to play that 50-yard pass when necessary or that 10-yard pass in the feet and also be able to break up the play in front of the defence at the same time. And I think that should be priority. You know, like I said, we've got Matic, who was probably the best of doing that in the Premier League for a long time, apart from Fernandinho in certainly the last 10 years. Um, and Kante, of course. Um, but it's like, who who do you go and get? Who meet? Fred is not a bad midfielder at all. And the combination of Fred and McTominay away from home, like whenever we beat Everton, was perfect. Like the, they, they balance each other and they work off each other so well. Um, and I think that's the difference. If you were to have two really, two, the, point, the point forward, two holding midfielders, we don't have a good enough wingers. So I think that that's where you become inverted. But and, and where I where I see the difference between you know the way United play with having a narrow matter beside Bruno and then Rashford making the width, Martial, I think that the, that Ajax team had Tadic, but then it also had Ziyech and and Neres, really good wide wingers that made the pitch so wide that you could play those combinations from De Jong to Van de Beek to Ziyech etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. We don't have that. Fred and McTominay aren't going to play off of Mata. They're not going to play off of Bruno. Bruno and Mata can do it, but you know, I'd rather have, you know, in defeat and then wide and then ball in the box like like modern modern football is supposed to be. Yeah. Um, so, unfortunately, I, a, I don't think that'll have to be the case. I think a player that would be able to fill that void at Ajax, and I hope that it won't be until a couple of years where he goes higher up to teams like maybe Manchester United or uh, maybe a Barcelona too, is Gravenberg. Like the the guy who scored the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's still that a little he lax. Yeah, yeah, that's his position. Um, I think he's. It depends. I think they put him in as an eight sometimes, but I I think that would be a good position for him because he's he's like the young in where he has no issues with pressure on him. Yeah, uh, where he's able to play out of pressure fairly easily. 
Um, the only thing that he needs to work on is that he tends to get lazy when he loses possession. Um, he needs to, you know, immediately, like if you want to play as a six, like he has to be running back, like whenever they lose possession, yeah. which he's not necessarily doing right now. But I think he could be a player that could fill that, fill that void for at least Ajax. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then, you know, have a midfield where you have Gavenberg as the six, Klassen as the replacement for Schöne that is playing, like, that's basically everywhere, box to box. That's yeah, like in, in between things. Yeah, yeah, and then you can have as a 10, um, which is something that we're having issues with. I'm trying to, uh, I don't even know who's playing. I mean, you could have Tadis as a 10 if he's not playing. It's not normally um, Kudis, isn't it? Yeah. Actually, Kudus. Yeah, I completely forgot about Kudus. I think you could have yeah. Kudus as a 10. He's an yeah. amazing player when he comes yeah. back from his injury. Um, well, and that's the thing, like, for, for us, you know, in an ideal world, Paul Pogba would do what that six should do. Paul Pogba should be doing what that six should be doing. Like, everyone goes on about Paul Pogba scoring goals. Paul Pogba, Paul Pogba is the balance with, at the deep with Donny and then Bruno. That midfield, if Pogba could get into that disciplined position of lying deep and get and get about like Kante does, that would be the best midfield in the Premier League, easily. But you know, it's another story. But um, but yeah, Johnny, I think like we come up against a team this weekend who play really, really good pressing football. Southampton are a decent team. Yeah. Um, probably better away from home than they are at home. But uh, you know, um. It's can Donny like having Donny to keep the ball off of Bruno against that very high press against this team that we played the other day in a low block probably was the reason why we were able to, to score so well. Um, but against a team that presses high, can Donny and Fred play the passes quick enough to get them into a Cavani or Marshall's feet play off of Bruno? That I think will be a really good game to see how that happens. It's a game I'm actually really excited to watch that aspect yeah. of it. I'm, back- not, I'm, I'm never excited to watch United play. Except for I'm actually quite excited to see the tactics of how this unfolds. Yeah, well, back to what you because you, you you mentioned that there's a lot of open problems with your defense. So it's like mm. with with Southampton being such a pressing team, do you think that that might be your kryptonite? Like, do you think it might just be a fact of like, can you guys score more goals than they can? Yeah, could or be vice too. versa. Yeah. Like, it's like it's not really going to yeah. be a defensive game. They're, like, they're, right? they're, they're they're decent defensively though. Um, they lead, they play a very high line. Like Spurs beat them six one because of they were on the halfway line. The entire game, pretty much. Fuck. What time are they playing? Huh? What time are they playing? Are they playing oh, it's tomorrow? on. It's on Sunday, uh, two okay. thirty. I think it's two thirty. Oh, that's too early for us. That's, yeah, but minus you're, eight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it'd be like what <laughs> six in the morning. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you have to go to bed? I've been going to bed. Super. Press camera. Press camera. He's back. There you go. All right. No, I've been going to bed super early, so maybe I'll be able to watch that. I've been going to bed like nine or ten. Yeah, it'd be really good to watch. But the game. Anyways, that wraps it up. Thank you so much, Corey. Uh (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) For everybody that's away, Corey was gone for like ten minutes. So right when he came back, we uh, we took the mic. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. But I was I was no I was gonna say like just before in terms of the big game this weekend, Chelsea versus Spurs. Oh wow. That's gonna be at Stamford Bridge. So Jose Mourinho going back to the bridge against. be I big, love Jose Mourinho, so much. I don't even care. He so do I. So fun. Same. Yeah, man. Hey, he he sucks. He is. is that just because we beat you in the Europe so League cool. final? <laughs> Not just that. Also because he introduced boring soccer. 
Oh, wait, didn't do. Oh, no, we're not about to start this, are we? Oh, no, 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 no. Are you going to defend parking the bus? Okay, all right. We, oh. we, we don't have enough time to go through all this. We're, we're going on. We're going on a bit. We got. We got to go through. We got to go through the MLS playoffs. Wait. Um. Is, is Chelsea is or is? is oh, is, people is, are uh, fighting outside. Prime, give us a play-by-play. We are here, Bram, with our with our sideline report we're fights. You guys want me to come out? Yeah, like, yeah, you, yeah. Want, you guys want me to show? <laughs> yeah, 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 Bram, go, go. Yeah, that would be awesome. Bram's our sideline reporter. <laughs> sorry, this is sorry, this is really dumb. Have you guys seen that video where like there's this massive fight and like this guy is like, oh my god, I just told them Eddie and Eddie got canceled, and then like everyone's oh, fucking and fight, like, <laughs> and then and then it's like, like guys, stop freaking out. It's been it's been canceled for years. It's like how do you not know this? Oh, like, yeah. like past each other. <laughs> Um, I don't see that, but I want to. Dude, I can hear them through. That's so funny. What are they saying? Bram, you're not giving us our reports. I don't know. I don't know because I have my like noise canceling on. I just heard like... Uh, it's like the alley is kind of were the meetup spot if you want to fight people. <laughs> yes, I think that might be. <laughs> they were cats, confirmed. <laughs> Sorry, it's just cats. Back to you. There was this guy walking up to me the other day. I mean, like... Hey, can I chill at your place for like a couple minutes? I was like, no. <laughs> and then like 30 minutes after that, I hear these guys yelling, probably because he was having beef with someone and trying to hide. <laughs> Incredible. Oh, yelling again. This is the prime content that people wait for with us. This is, this is what they want. This is why this is why people move to Long Beach. <laughs> okay. So Chelsea are in third right now. Tottenham's in first. Not that yeah, exactly. too much right now. I hope Chelsea loses. Well, Pulisic's training again, so you guys are going to go on a winning streak. Is he going to play? Because that would be fun. Uh, I, 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 I'm not I sure. I doubt that. Up. I doubt that he would. Um, so that fun. Lampard would let him. I bet he's going to have him as a sub. So fuck. They'll well, it's not his Ver- fault. I mean, he's got, he just got back. They play Werner on the left, and then mm-hmm. Abraham on the right. Sorry, in the middle, and then Ziyech on the right. I'd say. Yeah, I'll bet that as well. We might start Giroud actually. Is Havertz getting any playtime? Nah, he's been injured um oh yes for a while but whenever he started he was dreadful and um i think that lampard's got a good combination of kante mount and kovacic as a as a as a six and two eights um which i think he's quite which is working really well for them actually they've not conceded many goals recently so it'd be difficult for Havertz to get back in actually i think it it well, he's got I quite actually a take bench him. now he's got Conte on the bench, Giroud on the bench, two World Cup winners on the bench. That's pretty Dude, good. the bench, like the amount of money that club has spent, you know, it's ridiculous. It's all all yeah. in like one transfer. It was crazy. Yeah. You know. they, went from, they went from, I don't know about this new manager to, we'll give him everything. Yeah, yeah that's pretty impressive. <laughs> Please take our money. Yeah. Please. Yeah. But here, so I, on the MLS, MLS. Play, um, you were talking earlier on about fans. I saw people like, stat, the Orlando penalty should out, by the way was the craziest oh. thing mls baby it's dude, the dude, best like, mls refereeing jeepers creepers honestly i was horrified how dreadful oh, that decision was and, and just to <laughs> add it's like i'm sorry dude mls hold your fucking referees accountable it's fucking crazy exactly, dude dude exactly it's it's like these guys you see them out there they have superiority complexes all of them you know, like it's like yeah. they they that's, have fun. That's not just MLS though. That's just referee. But yeah. No, yeah, I, I get that. I know, but it's just like, 
it seems like that they take joy from doing this sometimes, and it's just fucking crazy to me. And it makes They're me like so... the California Highway Patrol of the soccer world. It's awful. Yeah, <laughs> and like, and and it makes me so happy that 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 uh, Orlando uh, got like that red card and still came out with a win. Fuck that ref, dude. But oh my god, if we're gonna go through it, I mean, I think we all saw it. Oh, getting a red card during the shootouts, having a freaking defender be the keeper okay, and then save for? the game. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to remind. I didn't actually watch the. He went off the line before the strike yeah. before he shot the ball. So like, so we gave him a red card. Well, I think he was yeah, already on a yellow. Second, second yellow, yeah. Yeah, but that's not even a, a yellow offense, is it? Don't it is. Technically, it, 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 it is, is these yeah. days. Yeah. Oh, I see. Um, that is red brutal. Well, I guess that's the rule. That just seems pretty brutal. But it was a good so game. Brutal. Great. It was, it was fun. I mean, it was a 1-1 to full-time and then to penalties. But that was awesome. That's crazy. That's one of the craziest things to ever happen at MLS. Um, yeah. And then uh, we also had Columbus Crew beat uh, New York Red Bulls, which is kind of crazy. I feel like both. Of, I feel like there was really no favorite to that game. But the other game that I wanted to highlight was Portland Timbers versus FC Dallas, which uh, I think, I don't know, somebody was it just me and Michael or did Corey or Bram watch it with us? I was there, but thanks. Uh, it, it, yeah, that was Corey. I didn't watch it. Boring, boring, boring game until yeah, I think really. it was like the 80th minute Timbers scored. FC Dallas ties it in extra time and then they go to full time. They don't do anything and penalties were nuts. Everyone scored everything. Uh, but the one guy, yeah, to... I, I think I saw that the FC Dallas was the first team in MLS history that scored eight consecutive penalties. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. nuts. And yeah. the craziest thing about it is, is the the player that scored for Portland um, at the at the end of the game, um, Villafania, he's the one who missed the penalty that lost the Timbers, uh, the game for the Timbers. Horrible game though. It just seemed like something that dragged on. Even the penalties just got to a point where me and Corey were just like, "All right, come on, somebody." <laughs> yeah, like, oh, <laughs> and the penalties weren't that good. Like half, some of them would be amazing, and then like some of them would just be right down the middle. FC Dallas. Well, I mean, it's. I mean, that's just a strategy of penalty taking. Doesn't mean if it's good or bad. But like FC Dallas was top left, top right. They were doing some pretty crazy stuff, and they went. Through, yeah, you're right. They went down the middle like three times out of five. Yeah. First fucking ones. I was like, jeez, man. It, it definitely like taking chances. It was crazy, you know. Uh, but that was one of my highlights. I mean, that was. I mean, that was fun to the at the end a little bit. Uh, but my favorite part is when the Sounders kicked out LAFC. That was great. <laughs> See, I I just wanted to say, so 2020 has kind of been a, like a crazy year where everything's different and uh, there, oh, really? there's almost what's, what's no what's there's almost no constants in like this entire year. However, it's nice that there is at least one constant, and that is the Seattle Sounders beating LAFC in the playoffs <laughs> with three to one. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, was that no. last time? Too? Yes. <laughs> Dude, oh, it's just like, you know, as a Galaxy fan, all of us are just like, oh, please, n- please, anyone but LAFC, just anybody else. And every time Sounders are there, I get a little comfortable because I know that they can take care of the situation. So, yeah, I had a great week with it. I think it was really fun. Uh, coming up this next week, let me pull it also, up real quick. Also, sorry. Yeah. You, you missed like the two scores that were most surprising oh. this entire. You missed you missed Toronto versus Nashville, which was nuts. Um, which Nashville should have won with by way more than just zero to one. Yeah, that was nuts. And then also there's New a, England. There was Revolution. another really big one as well, wasn't there? New England yeah, Revolution the new, beating yeah. fucking number one. The Philadelphia team. Union. Philadelphia which is basically Union. Philadelphia Union is 
yeah, they've been winning everything. They were number one in the entire league. They were 5-3-8, which is like a statistics place. Gave them a, I think it was a 30% chance of winning the MLS Cup. Um, and they're out in like the first playoff game. Dude, oh my God. It, it's... I'm, just, I'm just watching the highlights of the Saunders versus LAFC. And Carlos Vela's penalty? Terrible. Yes, he misses a penalty. It, dude, he didn't yeah. miss it. The keeper and... fucking caught the ball. Yes. Yeah, but like the funny thing is that there were so many LAFC fans immediately butthurt being like, well, if the refs weren't. No, you're, you're, you're quote unquote star player. Just shot a penalty straight through the middle. Yeah. And that's. Like, this is all on you. And not to mention, <laughs> exactly. like, there's the last people that should bitch about the ref thing. When we played LAFC last time, the ball went out of freaking bounds. And then and then it went yes. and then it went the other way for a counter. Because the Galaxy fans yeah. weren't playing. They were, the, the players weren't playing. They thought it was out. They were going to the corner. And then LAFC played on it and scored. And then all the LAFC fans were like, play on the ball, which is technically right. But still, it's awesome. I hate LAFC. Get them out of here. Uh, the upset with Philadelphia Union is fun. My picks for the MLS for this entire playoffs. I either want Nashville or, or, or uh, Orlando to take Orlando! <laughs> Come on, Wait, the Lions. You, but you guys honestly think that they're going to be winning the MLS Cup? Oh, Orlando? Yeah, like, it's Nashville and Orlando? Like, is that what you're calling that you think are going to be winning? Or as, is that I, I, I think that as a built team, they, they, they don't match. I think Orlando can. I don't think Nashville can. Uh, I think Sounders are the strongest and most consistent. But Orlando is, is playing New England Revolution. And the Revolution had an upset. I don't think that the Revolution could beat Orlando, though. I don't. I, and I would Nashville be isn't beating Columbus. That would be shocking. But again, but didn't didn't yeah, who beat didn't Nashville just beat Columbus, didn't they? Nashville beat Toronto. All right, but but Columbus, Toronto, who were in the final like the past few years, so it's kind of nice. Yeah, that at least like they're not playing. <laughs> oh yeah, but the West, Columbus, Columbus are a decent team, aren't they? They're good. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're good. Great. And Nashville's kind of like the Cinderella story underdog, right? As of now, they they beat yeah. M- David Beckham's Miami three zero in the first round. Yeah, and that was a nuts game. Higuain H- wasn't playing though. Higuain and his brother had COVID, um, but yeah, I mean that was a great game for. They still played a good game. Yeah, you know? I mean like Miami is a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. So, Sporting yeah. Kansas City or Minnesota? Oh, I, I go Minnesota. I hope Minnesota. Yeah, I go Minnesota. But Sporting Kansas City is going to win. <laughs> yeah, Kansas City is actually pretty good. Minnesota Sporting though is it's nuts. They've only gotten better and better. Like since they've they've gotten into the MLS, um, they've just been consistently picking so, it up. To give like uh, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but the MLS app gives betting odds for games. Mm-hmm. Does it really? And I think that's a good uh, place to go with when it comes to like the odds of teams winning. Because obviously Vegas isn't going to mess around with odds. So the betting odds for Sporting Kansas City are minus 162. (laughs) So you're losing money if you bet on them. (laughs) And the betting odds for Minnesota are plus 425. So So they're saying Minnesota? No, Minnesota is a plus is bad. No. Yeah, that's really bad. Minus 162. It's like it's almost impossible for Minnesota to win. (laughs) That's uh, nuts. For, for Seattle, it's minus 154 versus plus 400 for Dallas. Yeah, I mean, Seattle's going to go to the MLS Cup. I don't see anyone beating them. They're just... And uh, I've, I've said I said this. think Dallas can beat them. Well, I mean, I've said it like... Because who else do we have in the West right now? Sure. We have... Sport, sports in Kansas City. Minnesota. And Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. None of those teams can yeah. be, are going to beat Seattle. 
I think no Sporting way. could do it. Oh, Sporting, really? I don't think so? No, because Seattle. I mean, they're. I think Seattle right now is the most consistent team, by by far in the entire league. And and the reason why I say that is because KC had kind of a, like a, a meh year, like the year before this last yeah, one. I think I remember them when they came into the league; they were flying. But Seattle, right. man, they're just so good. I I, I don't I don't see well, them having any here's issues. The, here's the thing. I think if any team who is currently still in it could beat the Sounders, and that includes the Eastern Conference, it's Sporting Kansas City. I honestly think that if Seattle beats Sporting Kansas City, like they're going to draw Orlando, New England Revolution, Columbus Crew, or Nashville in the final. Like I think out of all the teams that are currently in it, the only team that I think Seattle could have a tough time against is going to be Sporting Kansas City. Okay. And I honestly think yeah. when they meet, they make it to the MLS final, they're going to beat any team that's going to be over there. Probably. Yeah, most most likely. Um, it, it's just because these have gone to penalties. Jordan Morris, Roy Diaz, mm. everybody on that freaking team. Your coach. It's just like, I don't know. You guys, you guys have, you guys have a system that freaking works, and it's kind of frustrating to watch it happen again. You guys are gonna get your third MLS Cup in what, like? Would be nice. In four years. Well, we, we made it into MLS. Real. It's a COVID I, cup. It's not I real. Think it's the, I think it's the 12th, 12th year we're in MLS, and we've made the playoffs 12, year, 12 years in a row. Yeah, like so everyone, and I say this all the time, everybody who wants to say that the MLS doesn't, it's impossible to have a consistent team in the MLS is stupid because of the Sounders. Yeah. You know? If they win and, the MLS Cup, they beat the dynasty of the Galaxy, where they yeah. got back him. And, yeah. yeah, 100%. And also, um, when you look at this, you also look at Minnesota. Because obviously Minnesota hasn't gone to the MLS Cup yet, but they've been in the playoffs out of their four years in the league. Three of those years they've been in the playoffs. You know, and they've been good. Minnesota's been a good team. There's a way to be consistent in this league, and teams know how to do it. Um, but yeah, if I had to give any, I think Orlando's going to beat New England. I think Columbus is going to beat Nashville. Seattle's going to beat Dallas. Casey's going to beat Minnesota. That's my. That's my little predic- or, uh, predictions. I'm doing, I'm doing KC in the final. You, you think KC beats Seattle? Yeah. Really? Ooh. No, I know that. Are you willing to put money on that? I will put all the money I have on me, which uh, it's not my job. So is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by Cash App, guys. We got a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Yeah, but that's um. Oh my God. So that's what you think, Chris. What do you got? You got Orlando going to the top? Uh, so I just think Orlando are going to win every game like 5 0 from now until the end, bro. No, I, I mean, <laughs> I actually know like a little bit more about who's left and from listening to you guys and like looking at the hi- highlights and whatever. I just don't think anybody can beat Seattle. But, yeah, Seattle's just consistent. This is what this sport's about hope, right. pride. And right. one word, the only one, and strength, of course. Thank you, Corey. But pride specifically, because Orlando pride. Come on the line. <laughs> nanny, nanny, nanny. I'd yeah. love to see them. Okay. I, think, I, think, well, I think they'll also be in the final. I, th- I think it'll be It would Orlando. be fun if it's Orlando versus yeah. Seattle in the final. I would love that. Yeah, and actually, the fun. final is at 1 a.m. Never mind. Oh, actually, no. I could, I'm off on the Monday, the 14th of December. I could watch that. Yes, I can watch that. I am going to be home in Northern Ireland for Christmas, but I will be able to watch that. And then the the game on Sunday, Orlando against New England, is um, at 
8 p.m. By the way, I... yeah, uh, down. Yeah, I mean, I can actually finally can watch one. I think um, we can have a yeah. It'd be a good old, good old fashioned. Oh, I thought I saw your mom again coming through the door. No, I have four She's gone. He yelled at her. Mom! Oh, man. All right. So, this last part of our show, and Corey, um, you got to give it to you. You give your week rating. So, everybody gives their week rating. Because the Galaxy isn't in the playoffs, I don't. my heart's not broken. Um, my week, I mean, I didn't really lose much. Oh, I'd say a game? What is this? Seven out of ten. No, just in general, as a fan. Rookie score. It? Oh, how's my week? Rookie score. Okay, I gave it a 7-4. I gave it a 7-4 because it was a very fun week in the first week of playoffs for the MLS. Um, and I think that watching Ajax, that Ajax game was super entertaining, the second half. So, yeah, I would say a 7-4. Seven, seven, Boom. Four. What is this number system we're using? Yeah, One I, of ten. I have no idea. Oh, so out seven of 300. 7.4. <laughs> oh, okay, thank you. Oh, so- I was like, 7-4. I'll give mine an 89. I'm like, I don't know. 8.9. 89. 8.9. Nice. Oh, I'm so All glad right. you had a nice week, Corey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, what do you uh, give us? Um, I'd probably go, considering we actually were very decent early in the week, um, but we were crap against West Brom, but I was so drunk that I don't remember most of it. Wow. Um, I'd probably give us a, a healthy 7. A healthy 7. Orlando That's getting it. through as well. It's very healthy seven. Seven is a rookie score. It is a rookie score. Like uh, seven point two, seven point one two, five okay. six. So seven point one. Oh shit! That's not a rookie score. All right. No, yeah, <laughs> this guy knows what he's doing. Dude, I, I've been around. I've, I've been around every field, man. All right, and Bram, give it to us. I'll, I'll give it an eight one. That's good. Uh, Ajax did good. Saudi did good. Um. Liverpool lost, which is not good for us. Yeah. So that no, that is good for everybody. But presses on the score a little bit because that <laughs> means that we need to win against Atalanta or win against Liverpool. Yeah, that's gonna be a great Wait, game, didn't by the Liverpool way. Liverpool beat Atalanta. No, they lost. Oh. They did. They did. They beat them in the first game, Corey, but they lost on, on yeah, Wednesday. like they murdered them in the first game too, which is crazy. Well, they yeah. they lost. The stages? Uh, no, stages? no. Not That's yet. The thing. If they would have won out. this game, they would have been through. But the thing is now, Liverpool has to win one out of their next two games, which is going to be against Ajax and then and then Michelin, which okay. they'll win against Michelin. Yeah. But yeah, if Ajax okay. manages to win both against Liverpool and Atalanta, and Atalanta manages to beat Michelin, then it's Ajax, Atalanta, and Liverpool's out. Oh man, this would be awesome. That's the that's the group to watch. We're gonna have an exciting episode yeah. next week. I tell you what. I'm excited. Yeah. All yeah. right. So I guess that's it for this week's episode. Um, I'm super excited about it. And for everybody listening, make sure to check out uh, uh, every Sunday. We're going to be putting those fan posts out, starting with Corey here. Uh, and then also you just watch Bram. So thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow us at um, the Football Retreat Podcast on our Instagram, where we're going to have a lot of fun stuff coming out. And everybody have a beautiful week.